to the Paint, Rest, Repeat podcast with Roz Gervais and Laura Day, where we chat about our creative lives as artists while keeping it real and a little bit messy. We're here to inspire creatives just like you to push past those boundaries and make art that you love. Let's dive in. Hello, everybody. Welcome to another episode of Paint, Rest, Repeat. Laura and I were just chatting off camera and coming up with some names for this episode and I'm really, really excited to announce that this episode is called Three Power Moves You Can Make to to Make Your Next Art Sales. (laughs) (laughs) What do you reckon? (laughs) Wow, that sounds very attractive, Roz. And I need to know what these power moves can be. (laughs) We're pretty excited about this one. So what we actually did in planning for this episode was we backtracked. So we looked back at our first five or so art sales and where they came from. And through that analysis, we realized there are some really key, like really, they're sort of almost like the basics, but often very much overlooked elements that you need to have in place ongoing in your art business if you're wanting to make art sales. So whilst this is for people who are wanting perhaps their first art sale. There's also content in here for people who want art sales ongoing. These are essential ingredients that we all should be doing all the time, Laura and I as well. So that's what we're going to chat with you guys about today. Yay! Because I think we can get distracted and laser focused on social media as a sales channel or our online marketplaces, or if you've got gallery representation or, you know, those external sort of places, like whether you're doing an art fair, art show, those like actual, I don't know, tangible places that artwork is presented in. And then you think that that's where it comes from. But there's a lot more that goes into it. And looking back on our art sales and where those leads came from, you actually might find it quite surprising at where these customers find us. Definitely. And I think, you know, as you're talking, then I was thinking it's also not about all those shiny new ideas. So for example, you know, I really need to be creating like the latest reels trend on Instagram. That's going to get me my next sale. You know, there's more to it than these little, little itty bitty strategies that yes, you can sprinkle into your art business. There's more to it. So we have come up today with three key areas that are going to help you to make your next art sale, be it your first or or just your next art sale, and three key things that you need to be doing in your business ongoing, okay? They're essential ingredients. So shall we just list them out and then dive in, do you think? Yeah, we'll list them out, dive in, and then towards the end of the episode, we're going to give you some tangible tips and tricks and like how you can action this in your art business. But I'll hand it over to you, Roz. Did you want to tell the listeners? what the three key areas are? All right. So number one is to tell other people what you do. We'll dive in in a minute. So number one is to do do that. Number two is around visibility. And number three is around community and networking. So they are what we're going to talk on today. But I'm just going to sort of share in here really quickly. If you're already listening and excited about this episode, make sure you do share a screenshot over on your Instagram stories and invite other people to come and get amongst this episode. We're really excited about this one because 
Yeah, definitely the, you know, essentials here. So do you want to chat about, Laura, the um, telling others about what you do and how we can do that, but also some of the mindset blocks that can come up as well? So telling others what you do is really important and it doesn't matter where you're meeting someone on your journey. It could be at your local uh, fitness group class or like a mother's group or things like that. And it's all around owning that you're an artist, you have an art practice. And if the goal is to sell your paintings, sell your work, letting people know about it because they're not going to know if you don't tell them. So yeah, it is about owning that, building confidence in really, you know, making a commitment to the your practice and owning the identity as a creative person and telling people about it. Because that's where, you know, word of mouth comes about as well. So they may, that person that you're chatting to may not be interested in buying an artwork for their home, but they might then go after the gym class. They might go and have a coffee with a friend who says, oh, we're decorating at home. And I'm thinking we need, probably need an artwork. And then they may mention you. Okay. So it's really important to get that message out. Now, saying I am an artist can feel really awkward for a lot of people. So lately I've been suggesting a little soft version. So you could say something like, I am a teacher who paints, or you could say I am a mum who also likes to create art. That can be a good little first step to getting the word out that you are an artist and you're making art and you're available to, you know, create commissions for people, um, but without having to stand on a on a pedestal and announce it with a megaphone. So there are little soft ways to let people know what you're doing and what you're building. Yeah, that's awesome. That was number one, tell other people what you do. Number two, visibility is around being visible. So showing people that you are active in your art practice. And generally speaking, we're talking about social media here. Would you agree, Laura? Yeah. So sharing, being consistent online and producing and doing the work. I know that we have to refine our skills and we have to be working in the studio and having dedicated time to producing our work, developing our ideas. But the social media piece is actually really important and it's showing your potential customers that you're showing up, you're taking your art practice seriously, you're continuously producing work And you're going to be able to deliver on a commission or on a project. So it's sort of social proof or evidence that you are going to be able to commit to producing work for them and doing a really good job of it. Yeah. So around the sharing, uh, the visibility, sharing on social media, and the key there is around being front of mind as well. So you're sharing what you're doing, you're sharing what you're creating. You're showing them that you're active, you're dedicated, you can deliver on a commission, for example, like you were saying, but also it keeps you front of mind. So you keep on popping up and they're like, oh yeah, Laura's painting. Oh yeah. Oh, I like that. Oh, Laura's great. (laughs) Oh, she's so lovely. (laughs) Oh, that color's beautiful. And then next time you have artwork that's actually for sale for purchase, they won't be surprised. They'll be like, oh yeah, I'm ready for that. I just need that in my house right now, sort of thing. Hello, beautiful creatives. It is Roz here. I wanted to let you know about my free community over on Facebook. 
We are called the Permission to Paint Free Community. And if you love making art, you must be part of this group. So head on over to Facebook to look us up. We have weekly art prompts. We have a monthly prize draw and I run two challenges throughout the year inside this group as well, all for free. So come and get amongst it. I look forward to seeing you there. Bye. So another thing with visibility is thinking about places that you can put your work as well. So maybe approaching shops or putting a piece of work into a group art exhibition. Yeah, all sorts of ways to showcase your work, approaching a gallery or things like that. So then you're actively creating that momentum in your practice. You're continually working towards that goal of selling your work. And it also gives you content to share and things to promote in your business as well. It's almost like putting it out to the universe as well. Like you're putting your feelers out and sort of, you know, creating that forward motion in your art practice and business. Yeah. And I also wanted to drop in that you can make this sharing and this visibility easy and fun. Okay. So, you know, how you're, you're talking earlier about it being important that you take your art seriously and you do that time for your art, but you also need to be doing social media. You can merge the two and just capture snapshots as you're working. You know, how can you make it easy? Just If you're creating and something looks particularly beautiful, like your palette or whatever, take a snapshot and that one you can share later on on social media next week even. That's okay for it to be delayed. So there are ways to make the social media side of things and the visibility side of things easy and also fun and just beautiful. Really, we're we're a lot about beauty, aren't we, in this art space? Yeah, we are. And I'd say to use things that feel good to you as well. I know that there's like lots of strategies and things around social media and that push to do video content and things, but it like whatever's easiest and whatever is going to allow you to continually show up. So if it's Facebook for you, fine, do that. If it's Instagram, you prefer that, focus on that. If it's stories, then just share heaps of stories. If it's in your feed and still photos, do that. I would say like a variety doing videos and stills would be good, but it's also, you don't want it to become like a stumbling block. You don't want to be faced with resistance. And yeah, like you were saying, Roz, like you want it to be easy and fun. Yeah. Easy and fun and manageable. So get something going, whatever it is, get something going in a consistent basis. And then you can look to upgrade if you want to. So then you can move from still images to videos. Then you can, you know, you know, but we've got to start somewhere. All right, so we've done our two power moves. (laughs) Our third power move is around community and networking because when we dove, dove back, dived back, doved back (laughs) to our first art sales, we were noticing that they all came from our community and our network. And yes, or my first sale was to my mum. It was your first sale to your family? Oh, I made some sales in art school. No. So I had a presentation, like a group show at art school and we had like this 12 by 12. And so it was just like, yeah, people in the art sphere or like people that came to, yeah. That's good. But we do, we do want to just normalize that it is totally normal for your first art sales to come from family and friends. And that is a positive sale and that is something to be celebrated, okay? It's still an art sale. 
to someone who respects you and wants to support you on your mission. We actually have a bonus tip for you as well. So that's related to this. So we'll, we'll drop it in at the end. But anyway, so family, family and community and networking. So my first sale was to family. Your first sale then was to colleague. No, it was sort of in the, the network through art school. So it would have been, I don't know who it was. <laughs> I actually can't remember. It was like 20 years ago. But if I rewind back for in 2019, when I sort of started to really take my painting practice seriously, that was friends and family. So that really came through. That was my first cohort of at my first solo exhibition, like thinking about those sales generated at that event. But when I went back through the whole history of my art business, art journey, all the iterations and everything, I was thinking about the variety of the people that purchased my work. So I attended an art class. And so the person that run the art class worked for a community organization And when, after my two solos, and when she saw that I was actively posting my works online, I ended up getting a really good big commission from that. And I produced four big paintings for a community center. They'd refurbish all of the rooms and they had offices and like more medical rooms and places, function rooms and places to run art workshops. And yeah, so they needed art for the walls because it was just this big blank space. And because I was actively posting on social media, sharing what I was creating, they asked if I had any work available or I could do a commission. So I did four big paintings for that community center. Another one was from when I was running my screen printing business. So I did a whole heap of posting on Facebook. I had little digital flyers. I had physical flyers that I printed off and delivered to art shops. So then that was another lead and that was a person that bought actual artworks from me and then I was also like teaching them as well. So yeah, there was various sort of ways that they were able to support my business. So art shop flyers, posts on social media, also another woman, I supported her business first. So I went and got some professional photography done for my art business. And then in turn, she uh, purchased some artworks at my solo show. And then just through friends and family and through networks, like so someone had invited someone over to my show and then they like there was someone I didn't know and had never met before. And it's also through workshops that I've done. Like so I've been a student in a workshop and then I've made connections and friends through that. And then you, Rose, as well, like Instagram friends. (laughs) You purchased a work from me too and we built a relationship online and it was all through DMs. So that's a huge variety of different places that I've met people and, yeah, they've had the opportunity to see my work and they've been exposed to my art business in, you know, different ways. And so everyone, I feel like you can now see how we've come to these three power moves. So. They've got your people, Laura, Laura, your first investors and buyers have come from a whole range of places, but they had to know power move number one. They had to know that you were an artist. You had to be visible for them to be able to ask you for a commission or for an artwork. 
and you had to be active in the community and you had to network with others. So that's why these three things are absolutely essential to getting your your art sales. So So for me, I just did a really speed little reflection. Mine came from a small business group. I was in one of my first sales. Another one was completely random through social media. Another one was a colleague when I was teaching in a primary school way back when he he had asked me to do a commission for him. So, you know, they can come from everywhere, but if people don't know you're an artist, then they're not going to come. Okay. So yeah, we've got to, we've got to get those things in place as well. So we've got two moves you can make, um, like action steps per power move. You would like to engage in those. Do you think we're ready to share those, Laura? Did we dive deeper into fostering relationships and that real like community piece? Good. I've connected that into community and network. All right, you go for it. Oh, well, I'm just talking about just different ways that people can get out there into the community. And I know that we've done podcast episodes on this because we always talk about how community is key in like the supporting us as solo artists in in our art careers. But I guess, you know, we could sort of tap into other ways that, you know, people can connect with people, like attending art-related events or gallery openings would be a really good idea. Like you want to sort of tap into those networks, meet other artists, but then also like meet like other people in the broader community that, you know, might not know that you're an artist. So getting out there is really important to make those connections. I feel like it's like dating. Like if you're single and you're trying to meet your forever person, don't you think? Isn't that true? Like it's like you've got to go to new events. You've got to go and mingle with new people. Yeah. And that goes into the piece of like being front of mind as well. So that is visibility too. It's sort of like circles around, doesn't it? Yeah. Just just so you know, we're not talking about Tinder. Like we're not doing Tinder marketing here. whatever it's called. Is it Tinder? I'm too old for this. I don't know. I never did that. I met my husband in a nightclub the old fashioned way. <laughs> <laughs> and I met my husband on tour in Africa. So there you go. It wasn't Kentucky, just so you know. <laughs> <laughs> so connecting with other artists and other professionals, that's important too. They might be able to give you some ideas of like where you can actually physically show your work within your community. And it can lead to collaboration opportunities as well and increased exposure and word of mouth too. So it's sort of like leading on like, hey, did you know this person, this? And yeah, you should meet this person because, you know, whatever. And you could do that online too. So building those connections, fostering those relationships, supporting other artists. I don't know why. I'm just thinking, I just am thinking about all those dating apps now. (laughs) Foster those connections, guys. Jumping into the DMs. (laughs) Uh, But yeah, it's really important because we we talked off camera and off recording or whatever uh, before. It's it's about your brand and building your personality and people want to support you. You are the, you are the art. Because that is the conversion piece. Like it's like, oh, that artist, blah, blah, is, you know, Roz, that artist Roz. She's just so lovely. I want to support her because, yeah, she's just, you know. Oh, now you're making me cry. I literally I literally have a teardrop. I'm not really crying. I just have watery eyes. That's really nice. Thanks, Laura. <laughs> I know I'm just an example, just so you know. <laughs> <laughs> 
they do want to support you because there's a person behind the art. And I guess that's what we have to do as creative people. Put your work out there and build those customer relationships. And I think, you know, this is why, and we've talked about this one before, being an artist and becoming the artist that you want to be is so connected with self-development because you need to present to the world, you know, who you are and you have to be yourself because that is what invites in the sales and success as well as, you know, general authenticity and living a life that feels really fulfilling and aligned to who you are. So both of us have been on that journey and we support other people as well to um, traverse that that pathway. But yeah, it's so connected to self-development. It's such a huge piece of the puzzle. And it takes time too. So we're not trying to rush all these things. But yeah, like just being in business, developing as an artist, growing as a person, it all takes time and, you know, that dedication. Like, so just, you know, continuing learning, growing, evolving, shifting, shaping. And again, you know, that comes down to it's dedication, but it's not outside of you. It's not just deciding, oh, I'm going to have an art business now. That's what I'm going to build. Like it's, it actually comes from inside. So it's, I am an artist and this is my mission. And this is what I'm creating because I feel like I can have an impact on the world through my art business. You know, it comes, it's an internal dedication and commitment. And if you're there to play the long game and you know that that success is going to come to you in time, if you can stay the course, is that the expression, stay the course, then, you know, you're the people that we are here to support because, you know, we believe in you. It is 100% possible. We just need to do these things consistently, stably, in a joyful way, in a fun way, in an easy way, and the success will inevitably come. That's how I see it anyway. And I think these three things, these three tips, they're quite broad because, you know, there's so many different avenues that we can get sales. So, I mean, yes, we need to tell others. We need to be present. We need to be letting people know that we're creatives and we make art. And we need to be visible and consistent in our practice and build, foster those relationships. But yeah, the tangibles are like, and the actual avenues for creating art is different. So if you're not really sure, you might be at the start of your journey and you're not really sure where that's going to come from. Maybe just getting a sheet of paper and like really brainstorming and listening back to a, a few of our episodes because we've really dived into a lot of different solutions for artists and different avenues that you can pursue as an artist for income streams. And Roz, you're huge on the income streams piece. You're always like a a big advocate and you've got a masterclass too. Do you want to drop that in here? Yes, I do. I'm trying to remember the link. You can go <laughs> you can go and find all of my free resources over at permissiontopaint.co stroke resources. And I have a money masterclass over there to help you to develop multiple income streams inside your art business. I do run that one only live. So when you go to that link, you can hop on the wait list for the next time that I run it live. But otherwise, I do have resources like that inside my Art for the Heart membership. So that's also an option for you. So we do have some tips. Should we dive into our tips and like things that we think that would be able to help people on this journey? 
Yeah. So let's do our action steps. And we have a bonus tip at the end as well. So an extra sort of up level, this whole shebang, um, a tip right at the end that I wanted to share with you as well. We have two action moves per um, action moves, action steps per power move. I just, I feel like a nutcase today. Anyway, it's all fine. We're we're in this self-acceptance mode today. Okay. So (laughs) number one was telling others what you do. So we have two steps for you. The first one is to get a business card. It sounds old school, but they are handy. So if you meet someone in person at a workshop, if you're at your place of work, if you have a day job and someone asks about art or that comes up, you can give them a business card. Now, let's not all just leap into perfectionism here. Let's just remember that a business card is like a little marker of who you are. It has your contact details on it. You don't have to have a website. You do not have to have a professional email address. All you need is a name, telephone number. And I personally love the business cards that are little cutouts of people's artworks because then they actually will be kept. So if you have offcuts or or like I'm looking behind me, if you're watching the YouTube video, if you have a tray full of artworks that you've done as like exercise activities or practices or whatever, you can use those for your business cards. Just cut them out, handwrite your details on the back. We don't have to make sure they're perfect, okay? They serve a purpose. <laughs> Contact details. That is it. <laughs> um, all right. So that was number one was the business card. And number two was an elevator pitch. We've talked about this before, haven't we, Laura? Yeah, I think so. I can't remember what episode it was, but we have. Yeah. So it, this is just knowing what you will say if somebody asks you, what do you do? How are you going to answer that question? <laughs> I'm an artist. And then the follow-up question usually is, what sort of art do you make? So having, yeah, refining that. Yeah, that's a really, really good tip. And I love your perfectionist piece too for the business cards, Ros, by the way. It, it pops up. Oh, you actually want to design new cards at the moment too. Is that right? Yeah, I do. I've got to redo them. Yeah. I do have them in my wallet though. So I do take them with me when I'm on the road or wherever. My hot tip as well is on my business cards, I tend to leave the back of it blank or half of it blank so I can hand write something as well on the back of her business. So anyway, it doesn't matter. So elevator pitch. So what do you do? How will you answer that question if someone says, hello, my name's Barry. What's your name? What do you do? And how are you going to answer that? Okay. So that was two for that one. Then we had visibility. Do you want to do the two tips or action steps for visibility? No, because I didn't write them down properly, Roz. I've got, I've got different tips here. So you've got them on your piece of paper. That is fine. That's right. Okay. So visibility tip number one or action step number one is to have an about me post on social media once a month. It can be exactly the same post, okay? Do not overcomplicate this. So just write a little short thing about you, three fun facts about you, and then ask your audience a question. So I'd love to know more about you as well. Let me know something fun about you in the comments. So to share something like that, that helps with with visibility. And also building those relationships so people can get to know a bit about you and maybe even a tiny little bit about you outside of art. So not just the type of art you make, but maybe that you have a pet something, or maybe that you have another hobby outside of art as well. Then the second one around that one was consistency as well. Is that a dirty word in your, in your world, Laura? No, I think consistency is really good. For me, that is like a stressful word. I remember when 
I was first told, you need to share on social media You consistently. You need to send your emails consistently. Be consistent. <laughs> For me, that's like a, I don't want to do that. Nah. <laughs> it's, you didn't have that experience? No, I think I'm a bit rebellious by nature. I like to do things my own way. So I just like do whatever I want. Okay. All right. I guess I had the similar like rebellion, but my my version was just saying, nah, I'm not going to do it. You can't make me. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so the consistency I just want to share is mainly around working out how often you can post on social media, for example, or how often you can do your email marketing or whatever it is that you're doing in your business, how often you can realistically do that and then committing to that. So the consistency is really important. Then the last two tips we have around are around community and networking. And then Laura maybe will share the bonus tip at the end. So the first tip is to make a list, brainstorm lots of ideas for physical events that you uh, can attend to start networking and meeting new people and mingling. So they are for new events, but also to list out the existing events and things that you go to. So it could be your workplace. It could be a weekly art class. It could be I don't know. I was just, I don't know why. I was just going to say the post office. Is that really random? <laughs> I suppose if they have a, you know, a notice board at the post office, go and stick something up there. So brainstorm the physical events that you can get involved in. And then the last one is to look at how you can connect with others online as well. So go to those Instagram accounts. Um, and I did this actually yesterday because I'm often so busy posting on social media. I don't have time to comment on other people's posts. So spending some time and going and looking at other people's Instagram accounts and liking and commenting and supporting them and getting active. You wanted to have some tips around, you wanted to share some tips around DMs as well, didn't you? Yeah, just chatting in DMs, like just further building those relationships, maybe just asking like if you can support them or giving some ideas on like how you approach things or you know, what challenges people are experiencing in their business and things like that. Like I think just art chat and building those relationships is really nice, networking with other creatives. I don't know. It's just a good thing to do to sort of... Be a good person, that one? Yeah, just be a good person. Hey, can I add an extra highlight, an extra tip for the visibility piece and social media? Just thinking about like someone like, I don't know, you're at the chiropractor and the chiropractor asks you, what do you do? (laughs) And you say, I'm an artist. And then you answer about how he's like, oh, what sort of art do you make? And I'm like, I make bright, colourful, abstract pieces. And then I think sometimes when you're explaining your art to other people, like they just don't have an idea. Maybe something that uh, they can do is, Add on your Instagram, on your highlights, feature your most favorite artworks that you have created, create a little folder. And so it's just easy for you to like pull it out, press your highlights. You're like, this is a showcase. This is what I do. So then they've just got a visual impression in their mind of like what you do. Yeah. Cause sometimes it is a little bit tricky to um, <laughs> sort of explain. Yeah. You can also do a little reverse situation. You can say, oh, do you have Instagram? And then pull up your account on their phone and then they can follow you. And then there's also the reverse situation in regards to the business card as well. So if someone is showing a lot of interest in your art, you can give them your business card, but you can also ask them for theirs and ask 
clearly for permission and say, say, do you want me to add you to my email list? If you have an email list, definitely ask permission. Okay. But it's sometimes it's good to go the other way as well. So do a business card swap, not just a handover. Yeah. That's nice. Yeah. I like that. Bonus tip time. Do you reckon? Bonus tip time. Yeah. All right. Do you know, do you remember what it is? No, you do it. Oh no. I feel like it's the wrong show. I've got it here, but then I'm questioning myself now because we talked so much today. (laughs) We did, we did. Okay, bonus tip. This is something that is often overlooked and the importance of this is often sort of totally ignored again. And this is around delivering rule good. Like (laughs) so when someone purchases an artwork from you, deliver that artwork in like impeccable state. Frame that beautifully, wrap it perfectly, include in there a handwritten note have a certificate of authenticity in there. Anything you can do to make sure that that experience is perfect and amazing. That is the one time I will add, will spruik perfection actually, (laughs) because that experience for them on the other side will be so good that they will be even more likely to recommend you to other people. And then the word of mouth starts to go. If you have on your artworks, if you scan your artworks and then you have greeting cards or anything like that, you can also throw in a couple of those as a little bit of a gift with purchase. And then they will give those greeting cards to someone else with your details on the back and blah, blah, blah. So just always be thinking, deliver a premium product and think about the next steps and where that could go and how that could turn into more business potentially. I had it highlighted. (laughs) I could have, I could have read out the tip. Yeah. I had deliver a quality product. So that's what you want to do. And also like the follow-up piece too. Like, I think that's really nice touch. Just being like, how'd you find your product? You know, did it arrive safely? Can you send me a picture of it in situ? Because that leads into like that whole customer satisfaction piece and the testimonials. But this episode was more focused on like how to get those initial art sales, where they'll come from, and the three things that that can help you to... You got my brain pinging now though. (laughs) (laughs) On the follow-up, maybe we should do an episode on how to turn um, an art buyer into an art collector. Hmm, That's a really interesting one. Well, let us know. We love hearing your feedback. We really like to know what's going on in your art business, your art life, what challenges you're facing. And yeah, just let us know topics for future podcasts. That would be really amazing. I'm trying to click over to our reviews because we forget to read out our reviews. That's (laughs) terrible, isn't it? Yeah, we really do. Do you reckon (laughs) we should do that? Everybody, bear with us. We're going to find you a review. And if there isn't one there, you know what that is. It's a call out to our beautiful listeners today. Leave us a review because we love to give you a shout out. I leave this responsibility to Roz because I don't have an Apple account and I find it like, I don't know, it's a little bit clunky to get in there. So the people that don't have Apple accounts and actually leave reviews for us, We actually really appreciate you as humans because that takes a lot of effort to go in there and make those reviews. Can you do reviews on Spotify? I don't even know. I think we can only get a star rating. And I think looking back on our stats, I actually think the majority of listeners are on Spotify. 
If you didn't know, we're also on YouTube too. You can actually see our faces and our art studios. So it's just a paint, rest, repeat podcast on YouTube. But the our audience is smaller on that too. It's mainly Spotify, then Apple, and then I think the YouTube that people come over on. I think YouTube generally has a much bigger audience. Sorry, everyone. We're just getting chatty now. Welcome to our chats. Has a bigger audience in the States generally. And most of our podcast listeners, like not to exclude you if you're not Aussie, but most of our listeners are in Australia. And I think that's why. So yeah, Spotify is our biggest, then Apple Podcasts and then YouTube. YouTube's pretty small. But if you guys do like to see our faces as we chat, then go and do that. I think you can actually stream YouTube onto the like TVs and things sometimes these days, can't you? Yeah. yeah, yeah, you can. Yeah, I've done that before. Now, we have no new reviews. So what this means is that I'm going to read out an older one, but it also means if you would like us to showcase you and read out your review, please go and do that on Apple Podcasts and leave us a written review, include your Instagram handle as well. So here is one. I'm just going to do the, like, pretty much close my eyes and choose one. This one is from Kim. I know Kim. Kim's lovely. She is part of my Art for the Heart membership. She says, I am a big fan of the Paint, Rest, Repeat podcast. When I listen to Ros and Laura chat, it almost feels like I'm in the room with them. It feels like a comfy studio where everything is open for discussion in a fun and relaxing atmosphere where we sit with a cup of tea and or wine around a fireplace on comfy sofas with great artworks on the walls kind of feeling. (laughs) I like how she's painting a picture. I love the topics they discuss every two weeks and the people they interview and so many things I haven't even thought of yet. Because Ros and Laura are so different in personality, there are things and tips and tricks I recognize myself in both of them. That's saying I'm an emerging artist and try to gain as much information and absorb all things that are art-related. Thanks, ladies. I'm always looking forward to the next one. Her Instagram handle is Kim Bredius. Bredius is B-R-E-D-I-U-S. So go and give her a follow over on Insta. Thanks, Kim, for taking the time because I know it can be a bit, you know, a bit of work, a bit of extra work, sort of like homework really, isn't it? (laughs) thanks Kim that was lovely review all right beautiful thank you so much for listening go and leave us a review or uh, share our podcast image on your Instagram socials or Facebook stories wherever out in the ether so that we can help even more creatives on their journey that's it from us talk to you soon see ya Bye. bye